0: I'm going to leave these on because I can see my screen just a little bit better. Now, like I said, we are in the final week of The Pursuit. If we boil down this entire series, I think that we could boil it down and say that each week has been about priorities. We've been talking about how we can prioritize different things in order to pursue Jesus, in order to to, to chase after our Savior. And so um, and if we look at those... Uh, we can boil it down to uh, what's become a bit of a mantra here at Crosspoint. It's actually on the back of our shirts, the back of the shirt that I'm wearing today, that we should choose second, meaning that we should place ourselves second behind Jesus and that we should follow his will for our lives. Now, if we want our pursuit of Jesus to be pure, then we have to rid ourselves of our ego. Our ego is that innate sinfulness uh, that, that desire for self-preservation, that desire to have our will enacted in our lives rather than following the will of Christ the Son and God the Father. But the way that I think that we accomplish this, the way that we rid ourselves of our ego. The way that we show God that he is most important is a lot like the way that Solomon did it, that David talked about earlier in the series, and that is to pursue wisdom. One way that we can accomplish overcoming our ego is by leaning on God for wisdom. If we look in James chapter one, verse five, it tells us that if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, wisdom in and of itself. Itself, if we wanted to define it, I would say, is the art of making a plan. And not just the art of making a plan, but the art of making a plan that will be successful, that will bear It's a pathway to success, so to speak. Wisdom in its most complete form is a product shared by its creator, God. If we look at God, he is the source, the foundation of wisdom and knowledge. Everything that is or will be has been built out of who he is as the creator of heaven and earth and all that is within it pursuing God with our ego admits that God's way is better than our own. And I I don't know if I can talk for you, but I know I can talk for me. And sometimes I struggle with that. In fact, on the way to church uh, this morning, I was kind of thinking about the last few weeks I've been dealing with a little bit of, I guess you would call it spiritual warfare, where I've just kind of struggled with church stuff, specifically feeling connected to God when it comes to writing these sermons and making sure that I'm not just speaking for myself, but speaking His truth and speaking truth that's found in Scripture. And then this revelation kind of dawned on me as I was driving to church that I've been feeling this way for weeks, but I haven't prayed specifically about it. I haven't I've I prayed about lots of things. I've prayed for people. Um, but I haven't prayed about my specific circumstance and how I was feeling in regards to my stance right now with how i feel about my closeness to god so to speak right i haven't been seeking his wisdom in this instance instead i've been trying to handle it all by myself i've been trying to come up with my own solutions rather than leaning on god and that's the opposite of what we're talking about today my ego got in the way because i felt like personally i could handle it i could fix it i could come up with the solution so pursuing god with our ego admits that god's ways are better than our own that his answers are better than our own I want to call your attention to Daniel chapter 2, 20 through 23. This is Daniel's words to God after some of the instances that have been happening uh, for Daniel. So for those of you that don't know, Daniel uh, was kind of in this uh, exile. He's in a foreign land. He's not in his homeland, his motherland, so to speak. And through what Gifting God has given him. He has a special gift a special innate ability to interpret dreams so the king in the land that he's in is having these dreams and he wants to know what they mean and all of his Advisors aren't able to give him the right answers. They're not able to tell him what it means and Daniel is actually able to come to him and, and, and Explain to him exactly what his dreams mean and kind of show him the next step that he should take in order to overcome these issues And so daniel chapter 2 verses 20 through 23 says praise be to the name of god forever and ever wisdom and power are his he changes times and seasons he deposes kings and raises up others he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning he reveals deep and hidden things he knows what lies in darkness and light dwells With him, I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. You see, the wise see wisdom as a gift from God. They don't take those opportunities to point back at how intelligent they are or how good of a plan it was that they have created. They see what God has done and they further give Him the credit, understanding that their wise words, their wise thoughts, their opinions, their advice was really just a gift of God. And if we want to be wise, then we have to continue to pursue and point. It's a little bit louder outside than it is in our building when it happens. Just, just a tad. Yeah, I mean, he's liking what I'm saying. I'm just going to assume that's what it means. I'm also deaf in my right ear now, so if I yell for the rest of the sermon, that's why. Okay, we get it. You're a train. Goodness going to get a foghorn that belongs on a cruise ship next time and compete. Uh, So looking back at Daniel, he had this instance where he could have taken the credit all for himself. He could have, you know, looked to curry favor based on what it was that he had done. But rather in that instance, he pointed it back to God and he was able to further the kingdom of God. And as you continue that story of Daniel, he was actually able to lead a nation that was not godly towards God himself. Wisdom is the completeness of knowledge, right? The completeness of knowledge. In my mind, it explains the why behind the how. Now, I teach math a lot, and I know some of you know that, some of you may not, but I am a teacher, I do teach math primarily, and kids, I can teach them how, they always wanna know why. And my why usually is, that's just the way it is. Like, that's the theorem, that's the, that's the formula. It works because, I don't know some ancient guy looked at the sun and thought this'll work and some reason it worked because God gave him wisdom beyond what he probably should have been able to do. They always want to know the why and I don't always have a great explanation for that, but wisdom really is understanding the why behind what it is that we know, right? So knowledge this, this is this is the answer. Wisdom says this is why this is the answer. It's able to to support itself and and really provide the meat so to speak, to the, the, the way that things should be. I want to call our attention now to Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, which says, and the, these are really looking at God's thoughts, Isaiah's words, but his, his prophecy says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The promise made in James 1.5 is that God will give us understanding generously when we struggle to see the why, so to speak, behind the how. And Isaiah 55.89 explains that we need that gift, and we need that gift generously because God's ways of doing things, God's ways of thinking, God's ways of looking at the world are so far above what we can comprehend that if we are trying to equate his thought processes with our own, it will never make sense to us because they just don't match up. Now, choosing wisdom, choosing wisdom is the right choice. Choosing wisdom is the right choice. So there's value in wisdom, right? Wisdom is more than knowledge. Wisdom will be granted to us generously from God, it's also the right choice to pursue wisdom. If we look at Proverbs 8, 10 through 12, it says, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, wisdom personified here, dwell together with prudence. You may say patience. I possess knowledge and discretion. You see, King Solomon's request to be wise was a very wise decision but that decision impressed god so much right because and david talked about this god offered solomon anything he wanted said solomon ask of me you shall receive it I, i will give you whatever you want He could have asked for riches, he could have asked for gold, he could have asked for notoriety, he could have asked for all these things, but what he wanted was wisdom. He wanted to be a wise king. And because of his wise decision, God generously granted him all those other things that he could have eventually requested anyways. Solomon still received those it was seen in such favor by God that he was blessed with more than he ever could have hoped for or even at the time had comprehension of and I look at that for encouragement in my own life because I'm not going to lie you and I've told you guys this before I struggle at times with material things I like stuff who doesn't right like I I want a nice car and I would love to have a boat and maybe one day an RV and I want land and I want all those things that people want right but at times in my life, the pursuit of those things has outweighed my pursuit of Christ. It's actually been the opposite of wisdom. And this scripture is trying to get us to understand that while all these things are not necessarily bad, they have value, right? The scripture didn't say that rubies don't have value. It didn't say that silver and gold didn't have value. All it said was that wisdom was more valuable, that pursuing Christ pursuing God, pursuing truth, is more valuable than pursuing these things that can be here today but later be gone tomorrow. Wisdom is a lasting resource. It's something that is a gift that has eternal consequences. And I know you've heard me use those words before too, but something of eternal consequence obviously should weigh out more to us than something that only has a temporary shelf life, so to speak, here on earth. In James three thirteen through eighteen, it says, "Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom." But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder, and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, it is peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers will sow in peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. One of the things that I find important in this passage is that wisdom does not exist outside the presence of humility. Wisdom does not exist outside the presence of humility. In fact, to boast about how it is that we feel that we are wise is actually unwise. It's unwise. And so any wisdom that comes in our life that that, that Christ or God himself gifts us with must be used in humility. A lot like what we saw from Daniel. We have to be humble in the way that we live wisdom is shown through action that is based in humility it has no room for selfishness it has no room for envious attitudes it has though the godly christ-like characteristics that are found in verse 17 i'm gonna read those again wisdom that comes from heaven is pure peace-loving considerate submissive full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness the pursuit of wisdom is the pursuit of christ the pursuit of wisdom is the pursuit of christ because christ is wisdom personified he is wisdom in a being. Christ never did nor said anything that was unwise. Instead, he lived a life in which he carefully considered all things. And that is the Christ that we pursue. That's also the attitude that we should pursue. And when it comes to the various ways that we can pursue Christ, if we want to be successful in pursuing Christ through the Word, through our time, through our prayer and our actions, the things that we've talked about over these past few weeks, and in our pursuit of wisdom, which we are talking about this week, then we have to set aside ourselves. We have to see Christ's way as better than our own. And that's how we can pursue Christ with our ego, by laying it down by saying, maybe I am intelligent, maybe I do have good ideas, but in this situation, I think that Christ will be better than my own. I'm going to consider Christ's ways. I'm going to consider Christ's teaching and his word. I'm going to follow where it is that that Christ wants to lead me, even if I have great ideas of my own, or even if I'm unsure of where to go next. I just know that God is that source of wisdom. We can't follow Christ if we're trying to lead the way. We, are, we, we can't. We can't follow Christ if we're trying to lead the way. And our ego, our ego, that, that, that idea or, or the thought of, of self-elevation and, and self-worth is what gets in the way of that. It's what gets in the way of that, of saying that Christ's way is better than my own, of not being able to look past that and see that maybe, just maybe, we don't have everything figured out. I'm going to end today with Mark 34 and 35, which is kind of the verses we look at when it comes to choosing second here at Crosspoint. It says, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. This he is Jesus. So he calls the crowd to him and his disciples, and he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. The whole goal of our pursuit, the whole goal of our pursuit of Christ is to find salvation is to experience what it is like to be seen by God as Christ is seen by God. Now that can only happen by us putting our faith in Christ. It only happens through the gift of grace that he imparts on us when we seek him out, when we repent of our sins, right? And and when we pursue after him. At the end of the day, I know that me personally, I want to be as Christ-like as possible. I want people to look at me and say, there's something different about that guy, and a lot of times that, that statement probably comes in comparison to who I was once before, right? I, I know that I'm not a perfect example of, of Christ. I know that I may never get there, but I am pursuing after that. And I'm trying to do that in all the various ways that we have spoken of so that I can impact this world for something greater than myself. That's what I really want. And I hope that's what you all want as well. I'm going to pray for us, and then the band's going to come up here and, and help us finish worship today. And then I hope that you'll stay with us. We have the pavilion for a couple hours here. Uh, I see a lot of you guys brought coolers. If you want to go grab some lunch and bring it back, please do so. Um, We're going to hang out, and we'll find some fun things to do, I'm sure. Um, But right now, let's just keep our focus on God, and and we'll go from there, okay? Lord, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for this word. I hope that this word has the impact that, that you would want it to have, God, that it would show and reveal to us that you are wise, you are wisdom, and that our ego can sometimes get in the way of our pursuit of you And that sometimes, God, we fall short because we just won't let go. But Lord, your scripture shows us that wisdom is an ultimate pursuit. It is a worthy pursuit, more worthy than rubies, more worthy than gold or silver, more worthy than the material things that we could call our own. Your wisdom is the greatest gift that we could receive. And you want to give it to us. You want to give it to us generously. But we have to take the right steps in order to pursue that. Sometimes I know I personally just get in my own way. I forget about what's important. I fail to keep the main thing, the main thing. Lord, I pray as we reflect back on this series that you would help all of us build better priorities that you would help us to put you at the top of the list and that you would use that focus to impact the way that we live our lives and the things that we do so that we can ensure that we are living our life to the fullest in pursuit of you, that we pursue you with our time, that we pursue you with our actions and with our words and with our prayer life. God, may we chase and hunger for wisdom and may we let everything else that doesn't have eternal consequences, that doesn't have that long-term impact on our world and on our life, may we let that all just go by the wayside so that at the end of the day, we can just confidently, confidently say that we are giving you everything that you deserve and everything that we have to offer. Because as we talked about last week, God, everything we have, is yours. May our pursuit last way longer than these last eight weeks. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.